Hey, Jem, do your spiel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Theatre Pitch Podcast. I'm Jem. This is Joe. Hey, uh, yeah. And this is Sean. I'm so glad you started that as I was getting, like, a gob full of water. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I Hi, did. everyone. <laughs> I went to say Sean, and then I looked over and went, he is drowning in water, and I'll make it worse. Um, no, you didn't. You, you just preferred Joe. Joining us this podcast, um, this is the Theatre Pitch podcast where each week we take a random online encyclopedia article and each of us come up with a pitch of how we turn that article into a stage production or a theatre production. And then at the end of the podcast, we take those three ideas, we smush them together in true O50 style, and we come up with a fourth and final ultimate theatre pitch um and hopefully it'll be coherent so far so good i think um but yes this week uh, the article is called life entity now it's not as spiritual as you'd think it is from just that title and i'm gonna hand over to joe to explain what i mean by that comment well thank you jem the Life Entity is a fictional creature, a physical embodiment of all life within the DC Comics universe. Long ago, starting all life from the planet Earth, it went on to create the seven entities of the emotional electromagnetic spectrum, and was hidden in a dimensional tear within the Earth by the guidance of the universe, when they discovered its existence in order to preserve it from exploitation and possible harm. Publisher, DC Comics. First appearance, Blackest Night, issue 7. Creators, Joe Kelly, Jeff Johns, and Judd Winnick. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Joe's enjoying his segment this week. <laughs> um, yes, so Life Entity, it's part of the DC Universe, and I thought I was a comic book lover. <laughs> it's I, the DC Universe. It's, well done, Jeff. Yeah, I have to say, I, I, I'm a massive comic book fan I love but I'm mainly on the Marvel side and I have to hand my comic book and superhero badge over this week because I read this whole article and understood the words individually but put together in the sentences I was not following a thing so I'm pitching a play this week that I don't understand the, Wiki <laughs> the, the, the Wikipedia page that it comes from I don't get what you don't understand Gemma there's, there's, it, it's quite simple to understand that some guys rocked up. They were like, yo, we're going to call ourselves the guardians of the universe now. And we're going to create the life entity. And then we're going to use that to power our basically green police force of the universe. See, if, 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 if the page had explained it that way, I might have followed. But the way it... It, it explains it. It's kind of like telling somebody from the first century that the world is round. It was a bit of a lot of information that I had to try and absorb in a, a short period of time and then kind of go, well, I can't just put this on stage, can I? So, well, I could, but, you know. So, yeah. Um, so what are I you going to do, Gemma? How about you go first? <laughs> Oh great! Yeah, let's get let's go first to get it let's out. Let's get of the into way. it. One day. Let's One get day nerdy. Gonna... Let's get let's all. Let's get nerdy. Let's get all like oh Marvel. Oh no, DC. Woo! Oh, Jeff Johns, basically. I'm gonna completely disappoint you guys. So anybody who's listening to this podcast, because you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be DC. It's gonna be comic books for the next like two three minutes you can zone out because i just sort of went i understand emotions and that's mentioned in the history of this so my understanding uh and joe and sean are going to correct me if i'm wrong is that the life entity is this creature that started all of life but to protect it or to protect us from it something like that um it was split into a series of emotions called the um, I, I can't find the words in the article. But anyway, um, to protect it from the forces of black, I'm guessing. I don't know. There's lots of the colors black and there's lanterns. lots of emotions. 
which is news to me. I'm definitely on Marvel's side of the of the comic book wars. I've been I've been taken in by the evil empire. Um, but anyway, that's Star Wars. Yeah, I, I yeah, Sean, I, I'm I'm purposefully mishmashing. I'm trying to be funny. I should stop that. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying it for a while. I'm glad you're finally taking the note. <laughs> oh, Joe, that's funny because it's so true. <laughs> That's my sense of humour. It's funny because it's true, and it's funny because it actually makes you want to cry. Gemma, you've got um, this. Okay, stop putting yourself this. down. All right, I think I've actually come up with a really good show. How it relates what? to Life Entity, I don't Tell know, us. but I quite like it because I kind of I read it and I was just like, all right, of the things that I can that I can pull from it that aren't just a straight rip off from DC and gonna create a massive copyright and horror show legally, I was like, huh. This whole idea of splitting one thing into multiple things in order to understand emotions and protect things sounds much like my my solo show that I've just written that doesn't exist anymore because live theatre doesn't exist right, right now. But instead of pitching my, my solo show, I'm going to pitch a different version of it. So my, my pitch for life entity is it is a straight play comedic end on theater show that um is a series of interviews kind of set up like you know those old tv game shows where they were dating game shows where one person's sat behind a screen and they're asking a series of questions to um different candidates for whom they may go out with or whatever so I'm thinking that kind I love, of setup. I love, I love. You clearly didn't like. I clearly <laughs> didn't understand. I'm just, I'm just what reminded was going that on. like you sort of didn't like grow up that much here when you like when you just like anyone else would have just got you know you know that show that Cilla Black done. Everyone else would go yeah of course I know did that Cilla show. Cilla Black did it. I've I've only ever seen sort of it in um, rip offs in TV shows like that 70s show. So, yeah. Scylla Black. It was Scylla Black. Oh, imagine if... Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, Joe, Black. back me up. The it is. The forces of Black. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was go. just thrown off by um, the fact that I'd, I've never seen that 70s show. You've never seen that 70s show? No, because I grew up watching good TV. Oh, fighting like and Kel. I'm, I'm going to tell you something now. Sister, sister. Right. All the classics. The Amanda... I, ep- I grew up watching Nickelodeon. Joe... <laughs> off topic but i just there's an episode where the rock plays his dad and they he go does. they go to watch wrestling and they watch the rock uh it's fantastic oh, rocky, johnson. rocky johnson yeah yeah johnson, yeah and the rock plays his dad and they meet That's him pretty sweet there you go you should just the watch that one episode hair. and the fact that the rock has hair at all is just massively massively amazing um but anyway pulling us back on track um so Kind of a series of interviews as done by superheroes who are interviewing to be part of a big group, you know, the guardians of the universe. But these superheroes, um, they are the embodiment of the emotions that the life entity was split into. So they are the embodiment of willpower, fear, love, avarice, which is greed, rage, hope and compassion. So there's seven of them. And um, they are dri- these these um, superheroes are driven by those emotions as well as their superpowers stem from those emotions. And it's it's an interview and a series of sort of comedic takes and speeches um, from all of these different people. And I'm kind of thinking there may be some cutscenes to you know a break in the interview, so kind of everybody getting together in the green room. And discussing something there um, and having scenes there. But the whole twist of the show is that they, these are all these interviews. It's a whole metaphor for the idea that you need to understand all of your emotions and you need to know all of your emotions in order to truly function as a, 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 a singular individual. And it's that unity of all of your emotions and your understandings of life that will help you negotiate your way through life. That's what the whole show is a metaphor for. But then the twist at the end of the show is that um, they're all interviewing for this Guardians of the Universe group. But then uh, the people who are 
the interviewers think they're the ones in control, but actually uh, the, the twist is that all of these individual people are actually just one person come together as, and that one person is the life entity, and da-da-da, I don't quite know how it ends, but that was the kind of twist that I thought, mainly I was really interested in this idea of using superheroes as an entry point to discuss how coming to terms with all of your emotions is growing to love every bits of you, even the bad bits like greed and fear, the second you know those emotions, the second you become friends with those parts of you, is the second that you can better negotiate and navigate your way through life and what on what life in the world throws at you so you are your own superhero so that's that's the show that i uh, that that's that's life entity for me you are your own superhero joe yeah yes joe put your hands on your hips feel feel the massive gold j on your chest (laughs) <laughs> but i i really feel like it it's good that we've got things like your idea gem considering what's coming with mine <laughs> yeah you've got you've gone you've gone very you've gone very i i like it at, at, at the start it was reminding me of um of so like like something like the boys like not the actual yeah. the not the actual book itself but like the idea that you have to interview and apply to be part of the seven, which is basically the Avengers of that universe. Yeah. So I quite like that. I quite like that element because you never, you never really see, you never really see yeah. how like how did they decide that like Hawkeye was gonna be an Avenger? How did how yeah. did he get? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean of... like there probably is a book where like he's like, yeah, I'll be an Avenger now, but you never yeah. really see like the paperwork. Yeah. Well, I kind of I was looking at. It, and I, when I had the idea of all of these uh, superheroes embodying these emotions, I was like, oh, are they at, like an anonymous group meeting or are they um, all just sitting there over coffee? And then I was just like, no, you know, a job interview is where you feel all of these different feelings and that can dictate how well that goes. Um, but yeah, I got really, I got really fascinated by the different colours and the different feelings, and that is pretty much the only understanding I got from it. My mind was blown that the Gre- that Green Lantern core isn't just a dude. Green Lantern core is a core, and I didn't know anything about the forces of the black, which, yep. I did, at the beginning of the week when we saw this, I was like, oh, I'll go and do a load of research, but then I was like, nah, man, it's about the it's about the online encyclopedia page so i'll stick with just that and i've regretted it that's such a joe attitude (laughs) no i can't i did i was just like it's the whole point of the podcast is to stick with the article not go and you know watch all of these different things and use it as an excuse to just completely binge on netflix um so i i think for your idea you you could you could um sort of like take the the standard architects of not arch, archetypes yeah. of like different superheroes and you actually like uh, take them apart using each um, each emotion. Yeah. So like obviously like you could like take a Batman and like have him represent like fear and then play yeah. around with that. I'm trying to think of yeah. other superheroes. I, mean, I, where I, I was like, like, oh, you could take the root of that, that they're all new superheroes and they're self-aware of other superheroes or they could be superheroes that we already know depending on the budget that we have to be able to pay Disney and Marvel and DC and everybody uh, for the rights to use those characters and likenesses. But um, yeah, I mean, that that was my... I was It was an examination of how... You have to take everything in life equally and love it in order to navigate it best. Told through the medium of a superhero job interview. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that film now of just like a superhero job interview. Yeah, same. I think it works better as a film than a theatre show. I don't, but... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like who would be like a really good person who would like really impress. You know, you you know, you know, and you know that person's like really good at interviewing, but they're like mm. crap at their job. 
I mean, surely yeah. the one who it's crossing over into Marvel canon, but the one who'd be good at the job interview is Doctor Strange, because he can see all the possible <laughs> versions where he screws up the interview. He can see into their minds. Yeah, he can. He can keep repeating it over and over again till he gets it right. <laughs> Dumamu, I'm here for the job. <laughs> he realizes that there is in all the billions of possibilities there's one universe where he succeeds at the job interview he won't let you and know it, if it's this one and no he won't but tony stark is inherent to the plan um okay so uh right let's let's inspire people to get really into this side of the dc universe uh because that was my pitch um and i imagine you two understood the article a lot better um i know for sure sean knows deep i want i really it, want he? joe to go first to go next because i've got a feeling his is gonna be like he's gonna his is gonna be like defund the green lantern core you <laughs> 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 can see it coming i mean i mean it is true that all lanterns are bastards that's my theory <laughs> you know, okay. i i don't um, separate based on you know kind of I think all cores are equally awful, um, but no, that is not my idea. Um, well, let's go with Joe's idea before before the tension kills us. So um, um, brace yourselves, for, everybody. For me to explain my idea, um, uh -oh. I feel I need to first ask: Are either of you aware of the theory of eternal recurrence? Um, for us and for the listeners, very briefly. Yeah, yeah I mean, you... I mean, yeah, of course, of course, I do. Yeah, well, for, for the listeners, um, like, you should explain. Uh -huh. You know, I'll explain it on the off chance you don't at home. So there is this notion. <laughs> it started within kind of Indian philosophy and within um, ancient Egyptian beliefs that it's um, echoed through the part in the recent series True Detective. Not that recent now, but still, where uh, Matthew McConaughey utters that time is a flat circle. It's basically this notion that everything that has happened will happen again and has already happened because time is just in a repeating loop. And I'm taking this because uh, my play is a two-hander involving one character simultaneously taking place on the first and last nights of Earth. And <laughs> so I, I've thought about this. I really quite liked what my idea is. It's a stage that at the beginning of it, the left-hand side of it is completely washed in white. And that is it. And a person walks out just completely dressed in white. And then the other side of the stage completely dressed is completely in black and has a series of LED lights at the back of the stage that slowly go out as the night is coming to an end as the lights start to rise up on the other side of the stage and it moves from black to white on the other side as basically the first night is beginning on the one side of the stage and the last night is ending on the other. And essentially it also plays into, because my notions with this is the life entity as established within it is he is a universal constant. He is a being that has created all things and should there theoretically have been there before them and will be there after them. And... Um, I think it was, I've had to collect a lot of these quotes because these are how I'm interpreting this. This is based on, um, Dostoevsky one time said, the mystery of existence lies not just in staying alive, but in finding something to live for. And my notion is that it's the last night of one cycle of Earth and the first night of another one. And the life entity is trying to remember why he lives, why he created existence in the first place, in order to inspire the next cycle to exist. And it's all about questioning why live, why exist, why anything. And essentially, it's the moral is someone trying to convince themselves in order to do their job. And I haven't worked out how he's going to do that yet. But mostly it's, I've been thinking about kind of um, like the 70s kind of surrealist um, British filmmakers uh, like Derek Jarman, who got his start in making very surreal theatre pieces. And I want to kind of construct this play that's basically this kind of strange, elegiac, um, like kind of surrealist set piece involving, hopefully... In my head, I'd hire identical twins to play the life entity. Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yep, Wilson. that'll work. 
Um, <laughs> oh, but, I was going to um, say Jedwood. <laughs> no. That would also work. I reckon work. it could happen. I mean, you know, they're Irish. Samuel Beckett was Irish. This is existentialist. Yeah, this is a very Beckett um, feel. <laughs> and yeah, that is essentially it. It's um, a play that um, makes no references to the DC universe whatsoever. Um, and is essentially about what is the the meaning of existence. And it's an hour long and it tries to solve the meaning of life in that time. Any questions? 42. Are there any Douglas Adams references in it? No, because that okay. would be cheap. That would be cheap, but it would, it would satisfy <laughs> He says, just having heard you make one. And also, when have I ever <laughs> done anything to satisfy people? True, true. Um, wow, okay. It's an existential crisis in a play. Yeah. Very Beckett. And also it does involve having a stage set up that requires um, people to not realise that the entire actual stage setup is projected on it so that as the one side of the stage gets darker, the other side gets lighter and in reverse. Okay, all right. Yeah, but you can, um, do, you can, do, you can do that. You could do that easy. Yeah. You could do that. Oh, uh, I know we could, but also... I like the way. How, any, how any... impressed are you that I've actually thought about staging for once? I, I'm very impressed. And it doesn't involve scaffolding. <laughs> oh, you know that metal scaffolding is involved. That's where the audience is sat. <laughs> We're turning the tables. I, I. I'd watch that. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely watch that. Watch that. And I think I'd enjoy that. I'd watch that, and I think we could pitch that to the National Theatre. And I also, just on a negative note, don't appreciate the fact that after my mind was somewhat bent by the original article, you came in and explained the what was it the theory of oh eternal jam? recurrence yeah eternal recur goodness eternal recurrence yeah if you want to find out more about that Nietzsche just look at anything Nietzsche does he brings it up occasionally okay um or yeah. if you want to get all um you know. Back to you, loving Marvel Comics. It's uh, Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I I really I actually really like that. Um, I like. I, we I, might I, we I, might have to edit all of that out, Joe, because we might actually just want to do that as a show. So we might want to let it out there for free. Yeah. So if anyone, so if, I, so if, if it, we just like skip over Joe this week, that means he's done it, really well. It's. <laughs> It's fine yeah. if um, we uh, just, you know, make sure that in time for us to release this, we take the time to copyright this idea. We'll just write it yeah. down and there you go. Write it down and email it to each other and it's got yeah. copyright because that's how the law works. It's brilliant. Yep. Um, I, I really like it. And I, I think anybody who's listening who would want to see that show... Drop us a comment, drop us a like, and we'll do it for you. We're, I'm here to satisfy people in, yeah. in a theatrical way. Joe's the one who's not trying to do any of that. Um, but I'll and I'll make the poster. Really... And if you don't want to see it, I'll get writing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say, Joe, I really, really don't want to see this show. Okay, fine. I'll get final draft running. Woo. Uh, Sorry, I that, mean I'll get professional script writing software running. Woo! And whilst you do that, Sean, over to you, this... the man who understands this article to the point where I don't think I you even read it. Because why I would wouldn't... you? You knew it I already. Wouldn't... Well, I haven't read Blackest Night since uh -huh. since university, but it is um, it's really good, and obviously it's the book that brought Aquaman back from the dead, so. Obviously, I'm really happy about that anyway. I've just realised, of all the weeks, I could have wore like an, uh, a Green Lantern t-shirt. And I've just completely forgot today that I, we were doing I, this. I'm also like, in every photo that we've ever had for our company in its existence, you're always wearing that Aquaman t-shirt. And the one time it's relevant, you're not. Oh, oh well, what can you do? <laughs> Gotta play with expectations <laughs> yeah. like that. Um... <laughs> So right. I was gonna. I, I was thinking. I I done what I normally done. I, can't, I thought of one thing, settled on it, and then was like, nah. So I was gonna do like um, cause it's like, cause like the Green Lanterns, all all of their powers are very like light based. It's like oh, it's very bright. So I was gonna do. I was thinking oh, I could do like a Robert Wilson Philip Glass 
six-hour opera. Wow. Yeah. But then I thought, we are never, ever going to get, like, a comic book-related thing on this show again. So I should literally <laughs> just do the show that I would want to watch. I like it. Yeah. That's a top tip for anybody making anything. Stop what you're doing and just turn it into something you really want to yeah. see. I mean, that's what I just did. Yeah. So it's going to be, like, and I know... This is all I know this has already sort of been done for comic books, but I don't care. I'm I'm doing it with the blackest night, I'm doing it with the Green Lanterns. Um a massive spectacular arena show. Yeah. Now it's been done twice and I've well it's sort of been done three times, but the second the third one was like a sequel to the first one. So just count it as one. So it's been done, I brought props. It's been done with Batman. Right. Um, in it was about this. It was about two thousand and eleven. So it was like at the height of like the Dark Knight trilogy. Brilliant, by the way, worth it. And it's been done with the Marvel Universe Live. Uh, okay. Crappy program. Batman one. Oh, these are, just for anybody who's these not are real. Who's, who's listening? Who's not watching? Sean's holding up a series of books. Are these the programs for this? These are the, the programs shows? from the shows, yeah. Oh, wow. That's really high-quality, nice program. It's not just that. You see, the that's like... That That was the set. The set the was front, like a big... Yeah. It's, it's The front cover is a cut-out picture of the Batman sign. Uh, just just to make just to make it for the ear people, too. Yeah. Well, it's... It, yeah. Yeah. Well done, Jen. The reason... <laughs> okay. So the reason why I'm on about that is because one was brilliant... And one was not. And it weren't because it was like... I mean, these sort of shows, they're basically cash cows. Because the Mm -hmm. Batman one happened at like the height of Batman. And the universe... uh, Marvel Universe one happened just like... I think it was was about when Avengers 2 came out. So it was like... They were like, let's get that money. The Batman one is brilliant because the whole... The way they staged it the limitations of theatre, you know, you can only suspend your disbelief so far. Mm-hmm. But they really knew, like, with the Batman character, we can still do the, like, gliding in. We can still make the Batmobile. They used his villains that were grounded, so they used, like, Penguin, um, the Joker, Two-Face, Catwoman. Um, yeah. So they used all of them. But they still, like... They used what theatre techniques they could use, so like ropes, they used big sets, they used miniatures of um, buildings, so so like Batman was jumping from building to building. And it all led up to like Batman going to Arkham to fight the Joker and the rest, and it ends with like all of the villains coming out, like the set opens, the villains like walk out, and the Joker comes out on like a balloon. So they, yeah, so they've. So and that that was on like a crane. So so they really just sort of like realized like what key things do we need for a Batman thing? So we yeah. need like Joker doing something evil with his like face on it. Batman like jumping across. You had the Batmobile. So I had all of that. It was brilliant, and it was like yeah, yeah. Also, at one point in this show, Catwoman whips a gun out of someone's hand and says, "What's that?" Cat got your gun. I don't remember that bit. I... Ten out of ten line. The, my big issue <laughs> with my and I'm, I'm, I'll explain why I'm saying all of this in a bit. My big issue with the Marvel one is because it was so obviously a cash cow. It was basically oh, all these characters are really popular now, so we're just going to do a generic show with them in. So you had like if we. I'm not going to go through every single character, but if we just take Captain America and Iron Man, like, yeah. at no point did they do, like, what I would say is iconic for them characters. And by them, and I mean two things, two things that in every single film they've done, they've done this multiple times and it's always been a thing. Iron Man leaving his costume, leaving the Iron Man suit, or the Iron Man or entering the Iron Man suit, Every single yeah. film, it's been a thing. Iron Man 3 yeah. was basically him just going into different suits. Yeah, yeah. 
Captain and, it was, Am- and it was completely fine being that. Yeah, yeah. His his entrance in Avengers, the first Avengers film, is him like, yeah, I'm leaving the suit now differently. So like that wasn't that wasn't there. And to be fair to him, I wouldn't know how you do that in in a theatre thing to make it like seem really cool. I really now need to write something where this happens so that we can challenge Sean. And Captain America. So every time Captain America was on, you'd think Captain America. What's the most iconic thing about Captain America? His shield. Throwing the shield. Yeah. Yeah. Punching Nazis. Yeah. Punch. Where he done that? To be fair, he done that. But every time Captain America was on, he never threw the shield. Again, I wouldn't know how you do it. I mean, it'd be something like with ropes. But he never done that. Every single Captain America thing was like, oh, he rode a bike in a couple of films. So we're basically just going to do loads of bike flips. Yep. So that's what it was. But you can easily do the throwing the, the shield with um, the same like techniques they used to throw uh, paper planes over the audience in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, but you got to do it quick and it's got to come straight back to you, ain't it? Yeah, but that's next level. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't... That weren't, that, was ne- that was never his thing. So, like, they're, they're doing it and the character's there, but you're not doing the character. So, like, I mean, like, yeah, they, they, the place was full of kids. I knew what the audience was and they were loving it. Like, they were like, oh... But it just it just didn't, like... I was ex- I was going in expecting something and that you didn't you just give me like oh yeah he's got the mask but it's not it's not the thing so i think when you i think when you're doing um when you're doing a theater piece with this sort of ip you you can't just like pick a character you have to think like i can what can i do with this character what can i do and like the audience will like believe it so we're going on so I'm saying that we're going on to like um, the life entity. So the life entity came in Blackest Night and it's basically all based around like the Green Lanterns, the Yellow Lanterns. I genuinely think you could do an awesome show showcasing the uh, the Green Lantern powers. Okay. It's all about everything they do, it's lit up in their colours. You just have to have... So so when you go into this, when you're directing, when you're writing, you have to have a lighting engineer with you. Because you have to... You have to realise, like, what can you do? So, like, as a a kid, I grew up, like, Joe might know this, every year there was this thing called the Warsaw Lights. And you basically just went to a park in Warsaw and they had just, like, like, just, like... It was like Blackpool Illuminations, but it was just in the Warsaw Park, and they'd have like lasers on the on the yeah. uh, on the lake. Right, this was like twenty years ago, and they were doing pretty impressive stuff. So the stuff they can do now must be amazing. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, can you do things where like you've got lasers coming out, boom, boom, boom. So when they're fighting, can you? I'm sure you can do a thing where it looks like you're encased in lasers. So you could do that as like you can have a moment where like Green Lanterns are trying yeah. to protect themselves. Yeah. So that's that's the key thing. I want a lighting engineer there. So every time you're doing set pieces, you can say, "Oh, can we do X? Can we create X image or X power using lighting using LED lightings?" And you're like, "Yeah, of course we can. We can do that." And because it's LED lighting. Whatever sort of movement you want to do, you can sort of recreate that in another scene with a different lantern because it's LED lighting. You can just change the colour quite easily. So yeah. you can boom, boom, boom. So that's sort of like the main aspect of this. You need a lighting engineer there. We're going to do loads of action. Yeah. Um, so you go in, big arena. You know, people on three sides. You've got like the bit in the middle and the the stage. Stage is black yeah. with a circle, big circle, cut out. That's going to be like a massive TV screen. And around that is an outline of the classic Green Lantern outline in yeah. LED lights. Because I want that to change from white to, depending on depending on what character moment we're doing, I want that to change between the things. And the big circle in the middle is because each of the lanterns have their own logo. So I really want to like 
really like pushed put that there like oh yeah. it's a green lantern it's a red lantern thing there's the red lantern logo there's the red outline so it's like massive we're really yeah. gonna we're really gonna sell some t-shirts we're gonna push that logo yeah. This is the longest pitch I've ever done. I've just realised, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm not I'm, even I'm done actually, yet. I'm enthralled. Just keep going. And the reason why it's a big circle as well, it also doubles up as when we jump through planets later on in the plot, oh, we can we can yeah. we can easily show the planet. So, so 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 you know when you do movies and you like you jump to Lisbon and it's like a it's like um, the the city and then Lisbon. Yeah. We're gonna do that, but with planets there. Okay, okay. So that's the set. That's the set. Really, it's all, it's all you know, it's all plain apart from that, that thing. We j and then there's just lights everywhere because it's just going to be like, oh, I'm a green lantern. Boom. Oh, I'm a red lantern. Fire. Like, boom. Boom. So that's that. And we're going to do, the plot is we're going to do a rough version of Blackest Night. So the whole story okay. is that the life entity is the general MacGuffin of the whole show. So we're going to open up. You're ready to get nerdy now. We're going to open up. Now. Ever... Oh, now we're getting yeah, yeah. nerdy. Now we're getting have you ever nerdy. Seen, have, you ever seen <laughs> the, uh, have you ever seen the Power Rangers movie? Which one? The pa <laughs> Oh, oh the, the, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. <laughs> Aren't you proud of yes, me, Sean? But... Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. So you, you know it opens. I, you know I it haven't opened... seen it since I was like 10, though. So. Yeah. But you know it opens randomly with them like doing skydiving and then rollerblading, like basically Once just again, I'll take your word for it. Just chilling out. So that's how we're gonna start. We're just gonna start doing some weird, like yeah, we're just enjoying ourselves with Hal Jordan, with okay. John, John Stewart, and oh, I forgot. Kyle Rayner. No, no. Oh yeah, Kyle. Yeah, we'll put Kyle there. I like Kyle. Kyle Rayner and um. Car oh, what's his name? Ginger no, Lad. No, we don't want Guy Gardner. We don't want Guy. I don't oh. want him in it. Oh, you don't want Guy. <laughs> <We> don't... <laughs> no. Um, it's like a pub quiz. Carol. Is it Carol? Green Lantern's uh, basically girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, her. Because Gemma, she is one of the star sapphires. Oh, no. No, no, no. Sorry. In my plot, she's Carol not there yet. Carol Ferris. Carol Ferris. In my I've just, I've just completely remembered my plot. She's not there yet. Okay. It's just them three being lads. Right. So it happens, they're doing that, and then and then as they're just chilling, the black the black lanterns come, they start fighting, and they're like, Oh, we can't win, we can't win. We're getting done. The green lanterns are getting done. Carol comes in because she's like, Oh hey, hey. I, I I wanna hang out too, I thought we we're friends. She comes in, helps out because she's a star sapphire, and then they start to win. And then they realise, like, oh, if we do two separate powers, then they affect the Black Lanterns. Because that's how they actually work in the comics. None of the colours can work on their own. It's when they work together, Gem, can they defeat the Black Lanterns. Oh, like, I say, like if you had, if you had, If you had read it, you would have went, oh, they need to work as a team. So that happens. They leave Kyle on Earth to look after it. Yeah. Yep. They go off to Oa, which is the Green Lantern planet. They basically say to the Guardians of the Universe, this is the crack. And then they say, oh, they're going to Earth because they want the life entity. If you want to defeat them, um, you need to get um, members of all the Lanterns to have a big standoff. That's the, that's the plot, yeah? So then they split up. That's when you can have Guy Gardner in it. Guy Gardner can go, oh, I'm on OA too. And then they can be like, mm -hmm. yeah, you go back now. Um, yes, yeah, so and then they split up. So, oh no, no, this is where we can get a cool bit with lights. Because I'm thinking we could have a bit where they're like, oh, to get to the, the gr Yellow Lanterns, you're going to need Sinestro. And we can say like, Sinestro is, is imprisoned on OA. And you can have a bit where it comes out and it's like glowing green bars. So we could have like Ooh. LED batons and there's Sinestro there. So he's like, yeah, I'll help you, Hal Jordan. And then they have a little bit of banter because they're arch enemies. But then they were also like mentors and that, that's that. So then John and Carol go off and Hal Jordan and Sinestro go off. And it's basically they go and collect members of the other Lanterns. So when you get to like um, Indigo and Blue... 
Yeah. It can be just like character moments or it can be like um, other other black lanterns have caught up with them and they, they have fights. But when you've yeah. got, but when you go up, so when you go to the yellow lanterns, Sinestro and Hal Jordan have to have a big fight to get a yellow lantern ring. Um, they go to the red lanterns and at first, like because the red lanterns hate the green lanterns, you have a big kerfuffle. But then they yeah. realise like they need to work together. Uh, I don't know how you do the cat. I don't know that. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what. I'm not going to tell you what that means. But if you just Google Red Lanterns, you'll know. You'll know. But I don't know how I'll do okay. that though yet. If anybody's so then, listening who understands what Sean's talking about it, right now, Jem, stop interrupting me. Minutes. Stop interrupting me, Jem. I'm. I'm not even halfway yet. So then <laughs> you have them moments, and then you can have like when when you get to um. You like you want to get the orange lantern instead of having a fight. You could have a chase scene because the orange lantern, as you said, it's greed, and there is only one orange lantern because they want it because he wants to sh- have all the power to himself. So you could have like a chase moment where he's like, "You're not getting it," and they're you're not they're like they're like we don't really want the yeah yeah yeah. So that happens. Then then they all come together. They're like, "Whoa, we've we've got the power." They go back to Earth. Um... They start fighting with the Black Lanterns. This could be a cool bit where they come back to Earth. Kyle's like on the floor, like defeated, like like dead. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it, dead. And then oh, they get goodness. there, and then like the Black Lanterns have made some of Earth heroes lanterns, Black Lanterns. So then you could fight like a Black Lantern version of like Green Arrow or Aquaman, and you can have them cool moments. But they all get defeated apart from Hal Jordan. No. Hal Jordan, yeah, they all die. No. They all die. Gemma, they all die. Even even the cat if I can figure out how to do him. But at the <laughs> at the very end Hal Jordan like reaches and he manages to get the white lantern power and then they all have like a like a really bright moment and all of our heroes come back. And they're all in white yes. versions of their costumes, <gasps> and then they defeat. Yeah, I know. How every, everyone likes it. Oh diff- my goodness! Yeah. yeah. And then they Are def- you saying you're gonna Gandalf the entire cast? I'm gonna. Yeah, because that's. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's what the White Lanterns do. Yeah, they're all gonna come back as like it's White Sinestro, it's White Lantern, other characters. They come back and then they defeat the Black Black Lantern Ring. Boom, done, and. Because this is DC Comics, all this production takes place in an alternate universe where the Green Lantern film was actually a success. Because let's be honest, who's going to go and watch a Green Lantern production show in our universe? No one. So basically, in the universe where this is happening, Ryan Reynolds is still Green Lantern and... They've basically made the DCEU off that film. Out of interest, yep. in this okay. universe, just to ask the obvious questions, um, is Ryan Reynolds also Deadpool? Also, Taika Waititi, did he go on to make Thor Ragnarok despite being the best friend in it? Also, um, does Mark Strong go on to be the villains in Captain Marvel and um, Shazam, wasn't it? No, you've 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 got yourself mixed up there where he was just the villain in Shazam, but obviously as we have discussed not on this podcast but earlier, Shazam did used to be called Captain Marvel, so I can see your I can see your Oh wait, um, no, I was also getting Jude Law and Mark Strong mixed up in my head somehow. I mean I, I mean lot, lots of people do. <laughs> okay, alright. Fantastic. Yeah, Gemma. So that's mine. It's a big arena show of Black Lantern. Of sorry, Blackest Night. And if it's a I, success, we could do like a spin-off called Brightest Day. I'm just going to do the book. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I've got a couple of questions, right? Because we can when, go. You start, when you started off on this, I kind of abandoned the whole, oh yeah, you're a host of a podcast brain and my producer brain kicked in because I really like the idea. And so I've got some, um, I, st- I just started taking producer notes rather than host notes. So Good luck to my summary later. Um, okay, so 
just a just a note and a thought on the whole light thing because I love it being a light show. You've got the interactive projection art and technology. It's got a, it's, and well, it's like got. That. I think I think with this character, even though um, he flies, which you can do with wires, um, he makes constructs, and it's mm. all it's all. Um, but because it's all like light based, yeah. I think you could. Do, I think you could give it a good crack in yeah. theatre. You only have yeah. to go so far, and if and if you're doing a good job of the story, and if you're committed, the audience will go along with you. Yeah, it's, and I think it's a lot, and, true. and that that that's why I mentioned the Marvel show because I weren't like I weren't with it. So so yeah. when when it came on with certain characters, when they tried to do Doc Ock, I was like, nah, nah, not yeah. having it. But I mean, the key to that is 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 absolute simplicity as well, and being really clever and being really elegant with it, and the and, and its execution, and always serving the plot, always serving a really solid structure of a story. Oh, I just thought as well, you could do a really cool thing once you get to um, the indigo, the yeah. per, the purple guys. You could do a cool thing with like ultraviolet light. I was yeah. Oh, that could be really cool. Um, also, merch, just, you know, ultraviolet T-shirts and you the got togetherness T-shirts. them logo T-shirts. The logo T-shirts, the merch. I, my, I, yeah, my head went into graphic design mode as well. Um, so, question with the performance. So, are you imagining, because uh, I haven't seen these arena shows, are you imagining straight, straight acting scenes and or... Um, like physical theatre acrobatics and you know the stage like the like the stage wrestling because I know I've seen a couple of shows when they when they it's a bit of both it's... it's a bit of both because you are gonna have like bits where like they go into Oa and they're like yo there's these black lantern people they they're killing Earth and like those yeah. the guardians of Oa could like rise from the from the stage and because I mean you probably haven't seen pictures of them but they're basically little troll guys. So you could do puppetry yeah. there and they can be like, Ooh. yo, how Jordan go. So, I mean, like it will be, it will be like, um, acting, but I can just see it being like, um, the, the people that they're stunt performers, they're not actors. Yeah. So they're just doing the actions where it's just like, like dubbed in. Yeah. Like that, like that, um, we we saw a show a few years ago on the fringe and i can't remember what the name of it was but it was that where essentially all of the performers were they wrestle for a living and so they're 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 wrestlers and stuntmen and stuff you're on about the wrestling aren't you yeah but they were all superheroes and it was that it oh. was like going through it it was at the fringe about 2016 and it was a proper comic book story but they were doing wrestling and it was wrestling between superheroes and it was just fantastic i genuinely genuinely enjoyed it but because they were doing right in front of you they were doing the stunts that otherwise usually you'd only see in movies but sort of with cuts and splits so that you don't realize that it's not actually chris hemsworth doing what he what, what he's supposed to be doing yeah you'll have that but obviously because it's an arena show will be a bit more of a distance so you won't have to be as as like Clean, clean, technically yeah. clean as like a wrestler would be. Yeah. Yep. I so love... that's the longest pitch I think I will ever do, unless I we get like is... Liverpool one day. <laughs> also, uh, yeah. and then we're just going to end the nerdy stuff because it because you know if we do get like if the ten people that watch this podcast get like start arguing in the comment comments about oh Marvel DC, you can like both. Yes. One, like one is one is a comic book about superheroes and the other is a comic book about superheroes. If you like one, the odds are you'll like the other. Agreed. But there DC is better. Marvel's okay. better. <laughs> All right, okay. Um, so... <laughs> DC Comics, Marvel Films. There we go, sorted. There, there we go. go. Agreed. There we go. There you go. Joe. Joe's the one who, Joe. oddly, is playing Kid the mediator. All right, okay. <laughs> Sitting so, there quiet and then he just right. comes I, in with the knowledge. That, I've got to be honest, I'm going to propose a very radical situation here, which is, honestly, I feel like it would be an injustice to actually try and smush these together. So I think we kind of just let all three of these exist. Yeah. In I, alternate I, universes, because it's comic books. 
Yeah. Also, did you say injustice on purpose? Um, I because didn't. Because that yeah. is also a DC comic we may do at some point. <laughs> and for I... anyone who didn't quite get what Sean was on about with um, the cat thing, just Injustice Gods Among Us 2, look at Atrocitus. That's all I'm okay. saying. Carry on, carry on, and I'll find a cat for you. <laughs> all right, okay. So, I honestly, I kind of I kind of agree with Joe, but then I'm kind of, I am also sitting here going, but... I don't know, I, I don't know how that I, shows I, I up. This is literally the second page of the Red Lantern's comic book. They finally got their own yeah. comic. This is literally the second Dexter! page. Dexter! That's cat. a cat. Yeah. That's a cat wearing a suit, and he's angry and cool looking. No, it's rage. Ooh. So it's rage, it's not just angry. It's it's one step above at rage. Yeah. Okay, I all right, I, I totally agree with you, Joe, that ultimately I think that these shows are all better off individual. But I think what we should be doing now is squishing them together to pitch a show that we will never ever do because it's 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 an abomination. But in in it in order to go for you know, and stay true what with whatever always... Let me start that sentence again. We need to stay true to something that always happens to superhero films and superhero canons and things that we love, which is one day a creator will come, uh, come forth with an interpretation of something you love and destroy it and create an abomination. So what we're going to do is we're going to agree that our three pitches are, are we, actually Are we talking ones. about the Green Lantern film now? <laughs> I... I mean, I'm pretty sure Jem's just on about the notion of me having to accept that both of you guys had pitched ideas about the power of togetherness. Yeah. And me having to accept oh, yeah. some kind of cloying happy ending. Yeah. You, so uh, yeah. You need to, we need to come together and ruin all of our ideas to make a very all right one idea. Okay, that, Joe. Yeah. That's, that is the that's what, that is what compromise is. No, no one's happy. We're just equally sad. Yes. So equally sad. I think arena show that follows the plot line of um the 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 the, the, the Green Lantern, aka everything Sean just ranted Blackest about. Blackest night. It's called line, the blackest night. Blackest night. Um, I told you that my 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 notes had turned to uh, producers' notes and not host notes. Um, but I think it's it's the plotline of that interspe- in, interspersed with, I think maybe the framing narrative is that it's um these people, uh the framing narrative's got to either be Joe's idea or my idea, um. I got it, I got it. I've got to be honest, I don't think there's any way my idea plays in any way in an arena setting. I do. No, I I think it could. I think think it could. could. And I think and I think I know exactly how to do it in a way that is very, very Joe. Um I mean you you go ahead, Jem, because all I was gonna do, we all I was gonna say is that we could just rip off four. The, the Ragnarok, that comic, where it's just like, it's a cycle, it always happens. But yeah, yeah you go, Jem. Yeah, pretty much. So oh. my thought was, it's the arena show and everything that Sean said, that's the main plot. But it's framed uh, by you open with the job interview of um, or an interview structure from all of these different people. And it's like they're recounting the tales of what they've just been through. And it's from all of their different perspectives. So you're creating that framed narrative there. Um and then it's 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 Sean's idea as the as the as the primary plot that gets you from A to B, uh, in an arena show. But then at the end, you find out that the person who is interviewing everybody is actually the life entity because he's trying to listen to these people to try and figure out why he needs to exist and whether he presses the reset button to make them all do it again or whether he just hits the blackout button and then we could do a big like theater thing where you sit there and you go and you just hit the blackout button and it's just a blackout or you hit the reset button and it's a blackout and then another little light through the hole so essentially i've taken sean's idea and i've made it more theater wankery Mm. Okay, Sean. It's what you always do. I was going to say as well, <laughs> I've just had one thought, which is, you know how, as you've said, with these big theatre shows, they always pitch it as kind of being 
they they never do just one villain. They will always do kind of a mashup of it being lots of them teaming up. Yeah. So that like the Batman one, as you say, it was the Joker. It had. Penny he went to Arkham on. and got all the other guys. Yeah. Is there any way we can um, just decide, say, screw it, and do that mashup, and involve um, the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor in this stage of production? Yeah, of course you can. I'm pretty Sweet. sure. I'm pretty sure they do turn up in Blackest Night anyway. But you could yeah. have the Anti-Monitor and the Monitor. They could become Black uh, Lanterns. So you could have like. The, just, the Black Lantern version of their costume. Just for uh, people at home, Sean, please explain the monitor and the anti-monitor as quickly as you can. Um, so the monitor is a guy who wants to save the universe, but he, he does it in the like most awkward way. And he's trying to save it from the anti-monitor, which is basically the bad version of him. So, but he anti-monitor only exists because of the monitor, and the monitor is only trying to stop the anti-monitor because the ant. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think so. It's it's. I think you just sort of like you just sort of accept that the anti-monitor is a good guy, and the and no the the monitor is see see, it's a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially. Um, it's yeah. These are two sides of the same coin. In which there is no real definable way of explaining why the monitor is the good one, the anti-monitor is the bad one. Beyond, it is assumed that the monitor is pro-existence and the anti-monitor is against it. There's yeah. always a point in comic books where you're just like, just accept it and move on. Just accept and move on. It's the only way you'll enjoy it. Um, okay, fantastic. Uh, do we do we have any other way to smush it? these ideas together other than take Sean's idea and make it more theatre uh, ob- obnoxious. Well. Hmm. Awkward silence because you hmm. all know that I've come up with an amazing show. I just think Sean was in his element then. Yep, I know. This is definitely, a, this is the lo- longest podcast we have ever done. Imagine how short this would have been if I'd just gone, yeah, we'll do a Robert Wilson show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just do a six-hour opera, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's I've got to be honest, I, um, I have been spending this entire time thinking, how could you do um, a six-hour superhero opera, but with the musical stylings of Philip Glass? I think you could. I think you could. And I think it sounds incredible. Yeah, but you'd have to. You would have to um, have an agree. If we were going to do Green Lantern, if I was going to do a Philip Glass, I'd do it. I'd have a. Um, I'd get an agreement with Marvel so I could do like a, a little little nod yeah. to the Dazzler. Because if I'm going to do like a big musical with like loads of lights, I've got I've I've got to at least like reference. Though to be fair, reference. also if we're doing a musical based in the DC universe. We have to acknowledge that one already exists and it's fantastic. And it's called the Batman Brave and the Bold episode, The Return of the Music Meister. What about the um, the Supergirl episode? Oh, yeah, and that, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. I'm going to draw a line under this. Usually we go through the plot. Um, I like I the we... Buffy musical episode as well. I love the Buffy music episode. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But you know um, it had a terrible musical episode? Community. <laughs> oh, I like Always that Sunny one. in Philadelphia's... What, the puppet Sunny... episode? No. Always Sunny in no. Philadelphia's musical episode is really great as well. I thought you were just about to say it's not. I was <laughs> I was getting ready to like drive down to London to give you a slap in the face. <laughs> No, I, I, no, no, I, yes, no, I, I, I have never laughed so hard than... Dayman is the greatest musical ever written. Uh, it's called The Nightman Cometh. Oh, Joe, oh, oh, I'm going to cut that that out. (laughs) Okay, take two, Sean, go. (laughs) All right, wait, no, 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 we're bringing it back, we're taking it back, we're not talking about musicals, because then we're going to be pitching another thing. Um, so, um... Usually we go through the plot, the style, the staging, the um, set, the cast, and other needs. But I think we've 
pretty much covered that because Sean went into so much detail um, about everything there um, and the other needs just being lots and lots of merch and lots Basically, and lots of, lots of light bulbs. as many Green Lantern characters as we can get apart from Guy Gardner. Yeah. Basically, I'm just quite happy for us to do Sean's idea because it means that I get to keep mine <laughs> to actually use. Yeah. And I, I think I'm I think I'm going to turn my idea into uh, like a movie or a series of sketches or something filmed based because I think it works better as a as a filmed based thing and I think that you know um that's also part of making theater yeah. is also realizing this ain't the right medium for that idea and I will just sit here knowing that the show that I've just described and would really like to watch will never happen because everyone thinks Green Lantern's a joke now. Oh no! So hey, let's Sean, end the podcast. Sean, have, be- have belief. People thought Aquaman was a joke for a long time, and then his film ended up being pretty good. Yeah, yeah. and Sean, all you gotta do, all you gotta do, Sean, you know how you gotta do to get this, the, to get your idea on the road and to get it, to get it up. Oh, is you've I... just gotta believe in togetherness, and you just gotta bring people oh, together. Fuck off. <laughs> to to love the Green Lanterns. Right, should, should we See, end the podcast? That's it, I'm quitting yeah. this week. Right. Last week. <laughs> On I'm that gonna... note, let's... Uh, uh, let, let's end the podcast. So okay. thank you, well done everybody for listening, for getting this, so, this far. I've absolutely adored it. This has been the Sean Brady show. Um, <laughs> I have been Gem. That's what we pitched go... the podcast as, weren't it? <laughs> and Sean, you are actually, you're choosing... Yeah, I'm just getting it now. You're getting it now, so I'm going to yeah. hand over to so, you. So guys... If you thought my idea was great, let us uh, know in the comments. Comment uh, in the comments in the comments below. You know, do the like, share, subscribe. We're on all of the podcast things now because I remembered to press the button. Um, <laughs> it was literally it was it was I was on there and I was like, why aren't we on all the other stuff? And I was really, and I was like, oh, we just have to press that and it does it all. You'd think it done it automatically, but it didn't. Anyway, if you can fo- if you want to follow me on Instagram and see like pictures of comic books and pop vinyls. Uh it's still Shawnee B. If you want to go and follow Joe, he's above you, me. You can, you can do go so do that. At N O T J O E R A C Z K A. That's not Joe Ronchka. Yep. It's 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 worth the follow. And if you want to um you know take an interest in Gem's life <laughs> uh you can find me at O-F-I-T-D underscore gem. With that's with a gem with a J because I'm different. Yes. Yep. Yeah. She is. Okay. Right, it's another right. um intellectual property, sort of. Okay. Um If it, if it's another Marvel thing, then I'm 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 officially taking the like random button so from you guys. Next week we will be doing pitches for Oh, no. Edward Cullen? What? <laughs> Shiny boy? So it links to uh, this week because he's going to be the future Batman. And in Blackest Night, obviously, Batman is dead. Yeah. So... <laughs> And and, and and so next so this week has been the Sean Brady show and next week will be 16-year-old Gem show. Because um, I absolutely adored Twilight at the height of its fashion. There you go, Gemma. Um, use that. Use that, and Gemma. I, and I love, I love, I genuinely love mythology and vampire mythology. So uh, that's what I'm going to be doing next yep. week is going and, deep And next week, into... me and Joe will be trying to move this over to Buffy as much as we can. Uh, trust me, we'll all be trying to do that. Um... Genuinely for once, I actually have an idea ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we find out Joe's like a massive Twilight fanboy. I know. This is when we find out he's got the the, the new Twilight book on yeah. pre-order already. <laughs> Puts glitter on in the morning so he sparkles when he goes outside. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't need to put glitter on. This face just shines naturally. Uh, and on that note, we should Thank end you, the podcast. Thank you, everybody. Don't uh, don't remember. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and do all of those wonderful things. Nobody needs to tell you to do anymore because we all. Get I've just it. done that. 
And hey, everybody. Yeah, uh, hey, everybody. Don't remember to subscribe. <laughs> oh. Don't remember to subscribe. Just do it. Um, right. I have been Jen. This has been Sean and Joe. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Cool. Bye. We need like a catchphrase to end the show. We do but we need can come up with yeah. that later. Bye. 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 Bye.